Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Hey, faithful listeners, today is a continuation of Monday's episode where we discussed Deuteronomy chapter 33 and talked about the blessings that Moses was giving the tribes of Israel right before his death. Like Moses is literally about to climb up the mountain to die. And so now he is giving all these blessings to the people because obviously Moses cared about the people and wanted to bless them. So I talked about the first, I think I talked about four tribes that Moses mentions, three or four tribes. And now I'm going to talk about the rest of them. So let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy chapter 33, verses 13 to the end of the chapter, verse 29. And don't forget, this is our last week in season five of the Bible Explained podcast. And after Friday, you will have read through five Old Testament books and actually some of the most difficult Old Testament books also. So that's super cool. But I'm going to take next Monday off from the podcast, I decided, because it always takes me a little bit of time to, you know, re-record the intro for season six and to switch some other things up. So I'm going to take one day off from my typical recording, which is next Monday. But I'll be back on Tuesday and we will be in season six of the podcast. So that's super exciting. And I hope you're looking forward to reading through the book of Joshua with me starting next Wednesday. So, okay, let's go ahead and uh, read the rest of Deuteronomy 33 today. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. as usual. Please feel free to go and grab your cup of coffee and also your Bible in the version that you prefer to read out of. But as I usually do, I will be reading out of the W.E.B. About Joseph, he said, May the Lord bless his land with the precious dew from heaven above, and with the deep waters that lie below, and with the best the sun brings forth, and the finest the moon can yield, with the choicest gift of the ancient mountains, and the fruitfulness of everlasting hills, with the best gifts of the earth and its fullness, and the favor of him who dwelt in the burning bush. Let all these rest on the head of Joseph, and on the brow of the prince among his brothers." In majesty, he is like a firstborn bull. His horns are the horns of a wild ox. With them, he will gore the nations, even those at the ends of the earth. Such are ten thousands of Ephraim. Such are the thousands of Manasseh. About Zebulun, he said, Rejoice, Zebulun, in your going out, and you, Issachar, in your tents. They will summon peoples on the mountain, and there offer sacrifices of the righteous. They will feast on the abundance of the seas and on the treasures hidden in the sand. About Gad, he said, Blessed is he who enlarges Gad's domain. Gad lives there like a lion, tearing at arm or head. He chose the best land for himself. The leader's portion was kept for him. When the heads of the people assembled, he carried out the Lord's righteous will and his judgments concerning Israel. About Dan, he said, Dan is a lion's cub springing out of Bashan. About Naphtali, he said, Naphtali is abounding with the favor of the Lord and is full of his blessing. He will inherit southward to the lake. About Asher, he said, Most blessed is the sons of Asher. Let him be favored by his brothers and let him bathe his feet in oil. The bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze and your strength will equal your days. There is no one like the God of Jeshurun 
who rides across the heavens to help you and on the clouds in his majesty. The eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out your enemies before you saying, destroy them. So Israel will live in safety. Jacob will dwell secure in the land of grain and new wine where the heavens drop dew. Blessed are you, Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. He is your shield and helper and your glorious sword. Your enemies will cower before you and you will tread on their heights. Okay, I'm very sorry I lied. I thought I was reading this out of the W.E.B. version and I was actually reading it out of the N.I.V. version. So I'm sorry about that for the confusion, because when I was reading through it, I'm just like, hmm, this seems a little bit more readable (laughs) than the (laughs) W.E.B. Like, not saying that I dislike the W.E.B. I I love it. You guys know I do. But it is in older English. And so I, whenever I'm reading on the W.E.B., I find myself just like tongue-tied sometimes because the English is older. And I was not as tongue-tied when I was reading through the N.I.V., because it's it's more like how we speak today, basically. But anyway, sorry about that. NIV today. So like I did on Monday, I'm also going to compare these blessings with the blessing from Genesis chapter 49. If you guys remember all that, Genesis 49 was Jacob's blessing to his sons and also prophecy to his sons. And as you guys know, the sons of Jacob became the 12 tribes of Israel that Moses is now blessing in Deuteronomy 33 like we read today. So on Monday, I compared the two blessings and I'm going to do the same thing today. So in Deuteronomy 33, where we started out in verse 13, Moses starts talking about Joseph and he says, may the Lord bless his land with the precious dew from heaven, with the deep waters, the best the sun brings forth. So he's giving the tribe of Joseph or rather the two half tribes of Joseph, which is Manasseh and Ephraim. Moses is giving those two tribes, the half tribes, a huge blessing here. There's nothing, uh, I mean, it's the longest blessing, I think, of the bunch besides the tribe of Judah that we talked about on Monday. And it's just absolutely full of blessing. So let's see what Genesis 49 has to say about Joseph. In verse 22 of Genesis 49, it says, Joseph is the foal of a wild donkey. The foal of a wild donkey is spring. Attackers attacked him. They shot, but his bow remained taut. His arms were strengthened by God. And then he goes on to say, may the God of your father help you. May the almighty bless you. So yeah, these two blessings are really hand in hand with each other. The blessing from Moses is super long for uh, Joseph. And then the blessing from Jacob is super long for Joseph. And it's just filled with all sorts of good stuff. Like God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, basically. And I mean, yeah, the two half tribes of Joseph, which was Manasseh and Ephraim, were super blessed tribes, especially Ephraim in particular, where Ephraim was considered to be for a while the birthright holder. And I'm not really going to go into that, but God chose Ephraim, the half tribe of Joseph, to be the birthright holder for a short period of time. But also Judah and Levi were the birthright holders as well, like the... uh, the birthright kind of passed from the down the generations, basically. And eventually it just landed on Jesus, <laughs> who was from the tribe of Judah. But Jesus was also God and God's son. So eventually the birthright just landed on Jesus. And Jesus is the permanent birthright holder. 
But yeah, the tribe of Joseph, or rather the two half tribes of Joseph, Manasseh and Ephraim, very, very blessed tribes for sure. And even historically very blessed. So about Zebulun in Deuteronomy 33, verse 18, Moses says this about the tribe of Zebulun. Rejoice, Zebulun, in your going out, and you, Issachar, in your tents. They will summon peoples to the mountain and offer sacrifice of the righteous. They will feast on the abundance of the seas, on the treasures hidden in the sand. And yeah, this definitely goes hand in hand with what Jacob has to say in Genesis 49. It says in verse 13 of Genesis 49, Zebulun will settle by the seashore and will be a harbor for ships. His borders will extend to Sidon, Sidon, I don't know. And then it goes on to say, Issachar is a sturdy donkey resting between the two saddle packs. When he sees how good the countryside is and how pleasant the land, he will bend the shoulder to the load and submit himself to hard labor. (laughs) So actually, Issachar, the tribe of Issachar, even though they were super blessed to live where they did, just as Moses says here about Zebulun and Issachar, they were able to live near the sea and take advantage of the like abundance of the seas and all the treasures of the sea, Issachar in particular ended up being very lazy. Just as Jacob says, Jacob says that Issachar was going to live in a very like fine area. And because of their laziness, that tribe was going to end up submitting to other nations and having to do hard labor for other nations, which is what ends up happening. But Moses doesn't specifically mention that Issachar was going to do that here, but he does say that Issachar was going to share in the blessing of where he was going to live, and Zebulun also was going to share in the blessing of the sea. And yeah, that's how Zebulun was in fact blessed. So then moving on to Gad, it says in verse 20 of Deuteronomy 33, blessed is he who enlarges Gad's domain. Gad lives there like a lion tearing at arm or head. He chose the best land for himself. The leader's portion was kept for him. When the heads of the people assembled, he carried out the Lord's righteous will and his judgments concerning Israel. So let's see what Jacob has to say about Gad. Oh, it's only one verse in Genesis 49. Gad will be attacked by marauding bands, but he will attack them when they retreat. Huh. (laughs) Jacob's was not a blessing. (laughs) Not at all. Well, kind of, I guess, you know, attacking, attacking the people when they retreat is kind of a blessing because in the end, Gad, the tribe of Gad ends up winning, even though they were attacked at first, they end up triumphing in the end. So in a way, they are similar to what Moses says. Moses says that Gad lives there like a lion. So even though initially Gad was hunted down in the end, he triumphed like a strong lion. But the next tribe is Dan. So here's what Moses has to say about Dan in verse 22. About Dan, he said, Dan is a lion's cub springing out of Bashan. And that's it. But what's interesting is that Dan was not great as a tribe. Actually, Dan was one of the worst tribes in all of Israel because they continually introduced little g-gods to all of Israel. And it's fantastic to see what Jacob's last words to Dan were. It was not a blessing here in Genesis 49, verses 16 through 18. Dan will govern his people like any other tribe in Israel. Dan will be a snake beside the road, a poisonous viper along the path that bites the horse's hooves so its rider is thrown off. 
I trust in you for salvation, O Lord. And wow, that is, that's hard stuff there. And the fact that Jacob at the end had to end it with, I trust in you for salvation, O Lord, because that's how bad the tribe of Dan was going to be. <laughs> that Jacob had to ask for salvation for the other tribes because of how bad Dan is, you know. So Dan was a very, very bad tribe. And this thing that Moses says about Dan, that Dan is a lion's cub springing out of Bashan, it's actually interesting because this was prophecy of what Dan was going to do. They were going to go up north. And actually, if you've ever seen a map of where the tribes eventually settled, you'll see that Dan, the tribe of Dan is way up north and that's because they migrated up there. And so when Dan migrated up there, I would guess they probably mixed in with the religion and culture of the people that lived up north of Israel. And that region up there was called Bashan. And so Moses prophesied that Dan was going to go up into Bashan and leap out like a lion's cub. And not like the strong lion like Gad, you know, who was going to triumph in the end. But Dan was a lion's cub who was coming in to like destroy the other nations, basically, with all the cultural garbage that they got from the region of Bashan. So, I mean, yeah, Dan was not a great tribe. And both Moses and Jacob in both the promises mention how bad Dan in particular was going to be. So actually, this is really, really sad. But moving on to Naphtali, and then lastly, Asher. Naphtali is abounding with the favor of the Lord and is full of his blessings. He will inherit southward to the lake. So that's pretty straightforward. They got the southward portion of Israel. Uh, Naphtali was full of the Lord's blessing. But let's see what Jacob has to say about Naphtali. It says in verse 21 of Genesis 49, Jacob says, Naphtali is a doe set free that bears beautiful fawns. So both of those, both uh, Jacob's and Moses's blessings to Naphtali are both simple and beautiful. In fact, this seems to me like between both Jacob's and Moses's blessings to Naphtali, it seems like this is the most peaceful of all the blessings. But what's actually really cool about it is that Jesus did a lot of his ministry in the region of Naphtali. And it actually says in Matthew that Jesus was a light there in Naphtali. So both of these blessings of Naphtali could really be talking about Jesus's ministry in that region. That it's just like full of peace and light from what Jesus was going to bring the region or the tribe of Naphtali. But the last tribe here is Asher. Most blessed of sons is Asher. Let him be favored by his brothers. Let him bathe his feet in oil. The bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze and the strength will equal your days. That is what Moses has to say about the tribe of Asher. And what Jacob says about Asher in verse 20 of Genesis 49, Asher will dine on rich foods and produce food fit for kings. So Asher, it looks like, was just a very, very blessed tribe, blessed monetarily and with a lot of wealth. But to conclude Deuteronomy 33, Moses ends all of this. These were his last words to Israel. He gives glory and praise to God. He says, there is no one like the God of Jeshurun. Jeshurun is another name for Israel. Who rides across the heavens to help you 
and on the clouds in his majesty. So God lives up in heaven and he rides across the clouds. Like that's just such a powerful imagery, right? God's spirit comes down to earth from his holy kingdom in heaven to help. The eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. That reminds me, sometimes when I'm nervous or scared at night, which I do get scared at night, I'm actually scared of the dark. I don't know if you guys know that. (laughs) I do not like the dark. And so I get really creeped out at night every once in a while. And so my favorite Psalm to turn to is Psalm 91, where it says that he's going to cover you with his feathers and shelter you under his wings. That psalm is almost paralleling what Moses is saying here, that God is our refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. So like he protects you, he shelters you, his arms are there to help you. He will drive out your enemies before you saying, destroy them. So Israel will live in safety. Jacob will dwell secure in the land of grain and new wine where the heavens drop dew. So Moses is saying that it's God that gives these blessings. All these fantastic blessings of security and safety and grain and new wine and dew and rain and whatever else. God gives all of those blessings. And as long as Israel continues to follow and serve God, they're never going to be in want. God is going to be there for them. Blessed are you, Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. And man, we can really say that actually about ourselves nowadays. Like Christians, we are saved by the Lord. He is our shield and our helper. He is our glorious sword. It actually says that scripture is our sword. I like that song by um, Phil Wickham, The Battle Belongs. And then the chorus actually says, So when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. We have God on our side to protect us and to help us with everything. And even though this is talking about Israel, who were God's adopted children, you and I are God's adopted children. So we can look at these beautiful promises like this and see how much God cares for us as well, that he is our strength and our security, and we are saved by the Lord. And he is our glorious sword. You know, we don't have to fight every single battle in our lives. We can have peace because God is going to fight those battles for us. Instead, we get down on our knees and we pray to God And he helps us through these terrible things we have in our lives, through these mountains and battles and whatever else. He is our shield and our helper. It says, the enemies will cower before you and you will tread on their heights. That mirrors a famous psalm, Psalm 23, where it says, God seats me at the table in the presence of my enemies. So in the end, even though it looks like, you know, evil people are winning, that's not actually the case. Anybody who is adopted by God, anybody who accepts Jesus as our Savior, we are going to win in the end. We are going to share in God's glory. And and those enemies that try to attack us or persecute us, they're not going to have any power over us anymore. So these last words of Moses were absolutely beautiful. And it was a great promise for Israel to remember as they move forward into the promised land. 
Well, faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it or rate and review the podcast because all the ratings and reviews that you guys do help the podcast get found by more people. So they're really great in the end and uh, they really help the podcast get spread. So thank you guys for doing that. I appreciate it. I've been seeing all of your reviews and they're awesome. So thank you for that. And I do hope that you have a wonderful rest of your hump day. (laughs) But guys, I'll see you tomorrow for an episode out of John. And then we will be finishing up Deuteronomy on Friday. So look forward to that. But once again, don't forget, I'm going to be taking Monday off from the podcast just so I can uh, transition into season six well. All right, guys, I will see you all tomorrow. Happy listening and God bless.